Hello, I'm Daniel. Welcome to my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. Hello, everyone. I wanted to talk about laziness in a podcast one more time. And for this purpose, I have invited my partner, Alicia Marley, to come be on the podcast. Alicia lives with me, and we have we are raising four children together, and we share our lives. Alicia, say hello to everyone. Hey, everyone. That's her. So, Alicia was not present when I gave a talk on the three kinds of laziness, or when I gave another talk on the three kinds of laziness. So, in some way, this will be new to her to share her views on the three kinds of laziness. So, I hope this is really productive, but we'll see. Alicia, do you know what the three kinds of laziness are? Um, Well, thank you for asking me to be here, first of all. Let's see. So one is the typical form that we think of as like laying around. Okay. And then, well, you told me the other day, reminded me the other day that one is Um, being busy, so therefore you use it as an excuse to not do other things. And I don't remember what the other one is. Okay, that was pretty good. Two out of three. So the three are what we call procrastination, Ah. which is just I don't feel like it. And these, by the way, as an aside, um, we're going to talk about these in terms of our meditation practice, but we can talk about them in terms of anything that you want to do that you're not doing. So we're talking about it as meditation problems, but it really can be problems for anything. So I just wanted to say that. So the first one is procrastination. Mm-hmm. And the second one is called feeling unworthy. And I, um, I had a little bit of a struggle talking about that one just because um, – in well, in my meditation practice, I struggle with the other two. I don't struggle with that one as much, but it's feeling unworthy. It's when somebody says, "Well, other people are calm enough to meditate, but I'm not, so I'm not going to do it because other people can do it and I can't." That's what feeling unworthy is. It's when sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, "Oh, you teach meditation? That's really cool. I wish I could do it, but my mind won't settle, so I can't do it." And that's that's the feeling unworthy. Laziness. We don't really think of that as laziness, but that's what it is. Really, anything where you make excuses is a form of laziness. So procrastination is sort of an I don't feel like it. I'm comfortable not doing it. I don't feel like it. And feeling unworthy is I'm not good enough to do it. And then the last one is the laziness of busyness is what it's called, which is kind of an unwieldy name, I think, but I don't know what else to call it. But it's just, I can't do it. I'm too busy. I have too much going on. My life's too active. I have to do this and this and this. I'm too busy. And I wanted to talk, mention this to you, Alicia, directly. Um, We have started, we do a practice where we put the kids to bed and when we put the boys to bed, we play some kind of lullaby music and we sit in the room for a few minutes. And I have started using that this, as an opportunity for my meditation practice. And because we're sitting in there with them and the lullaby music's playing and music doesn't 
I don't typically use music in my practice, but it, it doesn't bother me. So I've started using that as an opportunity to meditate. And I noticed, and Alicia noticed, I tried to get out of it. I tried to set up a situation where I could just play the music in there and leave. And that, not only um, the boys are on the younger side and on the wilder side, so they maybe need somebody sitting in there with them. Not only that, but also, well, guess what? I have that meditation I'm not doing. And I'm saying all that to say I identified that. That's the laziness of busyness because I want to put the kids to bed and go watch Netflix. Right? I don't want to make putting the kids to bed a long situation. I want to put them bed, to bed and go watch Netflix. And that's not correct. That's not what I, sh- what I should be doing. I should be actually appreciating that I have automatic time to meditate every time I could put kids to bed. If I just take advantage of that. I have automatic time to meditate that is good for the kids and it's good for me. And I was thinking about that, and I wanted to tell Alicia that on the podcast, so I saved that Aww. until now. Alicia, what what are your thoughts? Um, well, that's a really good um, connection, I guess, to laziness. I know that you've struggled with you know, wanting to be in there, but and have sort of waffled with, you know, using it as a benefit and enjoying it and then also wanting it to be over. Um, So, I mean, I, I guess I just, I love that you are reflective enough to see that about yourself and are seeing how you can make something that, is sort of frustrating into a benefit for you. Um, You're using your current situation and the time where a lot of times I just sit there and either play on my phone or just watch the boys and you are using it to benefit yourself. So um, that's good. I guess I'm not um, quite as eager to leave the room because I know that it really helps them, but I definitely see because I'm ready for that time to end too, but I want to make sure that they're tired enough to not want to talk to each other and play around for a while. Yes. I think, um, and I want to address, which I addressed this in a talk previously, but I want to address it again, that I think our phones are the lazy busyness of our time because if I'm stuck in traffic or if I'm in a waiting room or if I'm at a meeting and the person is late or whatever, what am I, or if I'm stuck in line, what am I doing? Well, I'm, I'm messing with my phone. I'm not present in what I'm doing. I'm not just waiting, but I'm messing with my phone. I'm scrolling through something. Right. And I think that's the lazy busyness of our time. And I think we all have a real problem with our phones Sometimes because we could just wait and notice the world around us. I always forget that because I, I love thinking about laziness and it wasn't too long ago that I learned 
that there was multiple kinds. Um, and for me, the busyness, laziness mm -hmm. is sort of the most complicated and hardest for me to understand as far as how that means laziness. Because usually you think of being busy and going and going and going. Typically, you don't see that as being lazy, but if you see it as our cat Wally is here and needing attention. So if you hear a meow, that's him. Um, but it is, I like whenever you said really anything that you use as, as an excuse is laziness in the fact of, I don't want to do this and I'm trying not to do this. <laughs> so It's really my favorite of the, of the three to think about and reflect on because, and I want to say that I think that if we can just name it, that takes some of its power. So if we know, oh, this is the laziness, this is the busyness affecting me. If we just know that, I think that in itself helps. But um, I think it's my favorite to think about and talk about just because it does seem counterintuitive. It seems really counterintuitive. What, how is being busy the same as being lazy, right? We think being lazy is I don't want to get out of bed or I don't, I want to watch Netflix on the couch and I don't want to do anything else. And that is a big aspect of laziness. That's the first kind, but really anything that takes us away from what we, what we're trying to do can be considered laziness. And especially in a meditation context, any of the excuses we make to not meditate and we can make a lot of them. We're really creative sometimes. Are you meaning um, as far as what we're trying to do in the long run, like overall in order to better ourselves? To meet our goals so yes it can be reasons to not meditate but it can also be reasons to not work out reasons to not meet up with friends reasons to not do homework if if in the case of our children reasons to not do homework right um anything that is a reason to not do something that reason to not do something. I was going to say reason to not do something that we should do, but I don't know, but it's something that stops us from taking action. So because meeting with friends, I don't know if that is beneficial or not beneficial, but laziness stops us from doing that because we make excuses like I'm too busy. Go ahead. So I don't really want to interrupt your thought, but I just had, I just had a thought. Um, I wonder if our society as it's changing and becoming a go, go, go and becoming a, oh gosh, what's the word? Like I want it now kind of society. If that is more and more what you're talking about, because <clears throat> you say getting in the way of what you want to do. And I think, well, right in this moment, I want to sit here and watch Netflix. So how's that getting in the way of it? But in this, in the grander sense of, I want, um, I want to be a good mom. I want to be a good cleaner. I want to clean better. I want to clean our house. Like it gets in the way of those things. Like I want to spend quality time with people. Um, and so the same thing is working out. Like 
right now I'm really tired and I don't want to get up and go. So that's what I want. But then in the long run, I want to be healthy and I want to be fit. So that's really my long-term bigger goal. And I think as a society, it's harder and harder for us to focus on those bigger goals. What do you think? Yeah, I think that um, we live in a very amazing time because we have as human beings come up with millions of ways to entertain ourselves. And that means that there are many, many ways to pull us away from self-development and from relationship strengthening activities. I do want to say, I guess I waffled a little bit and said, well, I don't know if spending time with friends is, is that necessarily beneficial? I want to say it is. I'm going to say it is because it makes you less isolated, even if I don't know what kind of people you're friends with. But even if it doesn't feel beneficial, I think strengthening relationships makes you feel less isolated. So that's good. So I'm going to say that laziness in general is the thing that stops you from doing something that's good for you or good for others. That's how I want to define it. So. And I want to say that we have been really creative as a society at coming up with new ways to entertain us, to pull us away from things we may or may not want to do. Why is being isolated not a good thing? There's so many people that I know just because I'm, I'm sort of drawn to the hermits. I guess the people who love to just go home and not do anything. And that's it. So, and I, I don't disagree with you. I think having um, friends doing things with others, not just being at home all the time is a good thing for you. But I know there's, there's quite a few people out there be like, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with the way I'm doing things now? I'm fine. I'm happy. This is what I want to do. So, you know, so what would you, what would you say to that? So this is, well, that's suddenly awkward. Um, I know that I saw this meme, and I'm having trouble remembering the specifics of it, so this is terrible pod right now, but it's a cartoon, and a person says, hey, do you want to go out Friday night? And the person responds, generic excuse. And the first person says, did you just say generic excuse? And I love that meme. And also, like, that's sort of me. Like, I don't really want to do anything. So I am the generic excuse person. And I think there are varying dispositions, right? Some people like a lot of social interaction. and Some people like only a little. And I think that's okay. The question is, are you achieving your goals? Are you spending the amount of time with people that you want to? And if you're not, because laziness is getting in the way, then that is laziness. But if you're a hermit and you don't really like leaving your house and you don't really like hanging out with other people, then, well, that's not laziness. That's just who you are. Okay. So that's that's the difference. It's what are your goals? We should be talking about goals. Maybe a better definition of laziness is things that get in the way of your goals without a 
without a real reason. It's just these things are getting in the way of your goals, whether it's because you're keeping yourself too busy with bullshits or because you're feeling like you can't do what you need to do or because you just don't want to get off the couch. Those are the three things. If those are keeping you from your goals, then that is laziness. So as far as socializing is included, only if you have goals related to seeing your friends a certain amount of time. And you're not doing it because you're sitting on the couch eating chips. I have an example of the opposite. What if you're so social that you go out with your friends and that is keeping you from the things you need to achieve? There's that too, right? That is busyness, right? So if somebody is, say, going out partying all the time and not meditating or and not spending time with their family, quality time or whatever else, studying, exercising, whatever else, then yeah, that is busyness. That is exactly, that is a social busyness. It's interesting. And we think that's not the same as just scrolling on your phone instead of doing quality things, but it's the same. It could be seen. It's the same. We need to, I think we need to visualize our goals and think about those. And that will really tell us when we're being, when we're engaging in laziness and when we're not. And we don't, maybe we don't think about our goals all the time. But if we think about them, then it helps us reflect on when we're being lazy. And also, I think I don't want to pile on relaxation and self-care, right? Sometimes sitting on the couch is good. The question is, is it taking you far away from your goals? Matters if you do it too much. Like if you do it a healthy amount. And it is giving you that relaxation that you need because you haven't been able to do it in, you know, so long. That's different. I mean, it seems like it seems like this is if there is laziness in a person's life, it can manifest in lots and lots of different ways. It's very individualized. Yeah, and I also want to say. If you reflect, you know. Mm-hmm. If you reflect, you know. So it might be said, well, I don't I don't know when self-care ends and when it becomes laziness. And I think that if you spend two seconds to really seriously, honestly think about it, you know. You know when you're doing it enough to get away in the way of your goals. You know when you're being giving too much to laziness, you know, when laziness is taking over, you know, and if you say to yourself that you don't know, you're being dishonest. You're being, we have a big habit of being dishonest with ourselves. And I think that's a real problem. So I want to give an example in my life that combines two kinds at once. Oh, I'm super, (laughs) super lazy. So in the mornings, it's really hard for me to get out of bed. Um, And whenever I wake up, I don't like to pop right out of bed and do my stuff. Um, It's almost like a waking up technique for me. It's like, you know how whenever you get home from work, and you're like, I just need to relax a little bit before I go to bed. It's like the opposite. I go to bed. I I need to chill out a little bit before I wake up. So that's what I tell myself. Um, but I'm just laying there 
and that's like the classic laziness, right? But then I'm also usually on my phone and I have to finish certain things before I can get up, before I can do the things that I need to do. My goals of getting to work on time, getting the kids up. And so that's really interesting that I'm a super duper lazy person. Super duper would be if you have all three at once. Just super right. I don't know how you would have all three at once, but yes, I think honestly, phones are bullshit, man. There is so much, there's a lot of positive things in smartphones. Like I can, I, I like to say, and this is nonsense, but I like to say Google maps was invented for me because I get lost very easily and I just do the map app and I use it and it works really well. But, um, and that's, so that's a good side of phones, but also, man, I am scrolling Facebook when I shouldn't. And everybody is, everybody is just to a greater or lesser degree. Everybody is scrolling something or playing a game Mm -hmm. or doing something instead of being present in their surroundings. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to do. Phones have made it very easy, and I think that's something we all need to be vigilant. I know I need to be vigilant about what I'm doing with my phone because I've caught myself before when kids are trying to talk to me, and I'm on my phone, and that's horrible. I need to be fully attentive when kids are trying to talk to me. We all do. If your kid is trying to talk to you, put your phone away. I think that's a very important lesson, and it's a lesson I need and I think everybody listening needs, if you have kids, needs. Because the kid, our kids, above all else, deserve our attention. And it's so easy to get pulled away. And we don't realize how much time we spend on our phones, I think. So we need to be... It's a powerful tool, and it's very good. And if there's a fact I want to know, that's great that I can find that out instantly. But it's also... It can be a real time waster. I spend time scrolling Facebook and it never brings me joy, really. Really? It hardly ever brings me joy. A little bit. Sometimes, once in a while, there's a funny meme. That I've sent you? There's a funny meme, usually that Alicia sends me, but a couple other ways I could see it. But otherwise, it's just... Time filler? Just a time filler. Just a waste of time. I'm I'm either seeing things that bother me... Or I'm just filling my time. What's that? That's not to say it's totally trash. There's good things there, but there's a lot more of just nothing. Yeah, things that don't matter. I feel like Facebook is kind of becoming less and less popular. You know, like we we talk to our 12 year old, and like the minimum at age that you can get Facebook is 13, and she's going to be 13 next month, right? So we're like, hey, are you going to get a Facebook app? Uh, no. It's like not cool anymore. So I find that interesting. Yeah, I think. I feel like TikTok is all she wants. Does she still want And that? is TikTok. In, in Snapchat. Her, Snapchat. TikTok and Snapchat. You're right. Things that we don't think of as social media really are what the younger kids want and that's that's weird to say that old people only old people are on facebook but that's i think that's sort of true not not older people like my dad just refuses he's just like there's no point so there's 
a definite like age range where it was super popular and we got in and we're in that age range and it's just sort of become a habit part of our life. But, um, are you going to talk about the other kinds of laziness? I, I have something to say about one I of probably, the other ones. I probably should instead of just focusing on the last one, huh? Mm-hmm. So, um, procrastination is rooted in being comfortable. That's usually how we describe it. It's rooted in being comfortable. So it is not only like literal, like I'm comfortable in bed. I don't want to get up. I'm comfortable on the couch. I don't want to get up. But also sort of in another way, like I'm comfortable in my job now. So I'm not going to apply for the new jobs because that'll be uncomfortable. Or I'm comfortable as a single person and asking that person out is uncomfortable. So I'm not going to do it. Right. It's that sort of thing. It's sort of literal comfort or figurative comfort. It is the familiar. It is the laziness of ordering the same meal at a restaurant every time because you know you like it. That is the laziness of procrastination. Alicia's smiling right now because that's me. It is just comfortable. How is that procrastinating? Well, I don't, it's hard for me to connect those. Can you help me out? Yeah. So it is just, I know that this is comfortable and I don't know if that over there is comfortable or not. Like you're procrastinating with choosing a different option? Yes. Yes. Procrastinating it's sort of, with trying something It different. is the maybe next time. Okay. It is the maybe next time. Okay. So I've had this meal eight times, and I'm going to have it again, and maybe next time I'll have something else. And the truth is, what's the truth? You won't. You won't have something else next time, right? That is... You might have a different kind of cheese on your burger. Right. That's it. So... <laughs> it's always it's always a burger right or maybe onion rings instead of fries maybe onion right so that right that is maybe next it's the we should call it the maybe next time we should call it the maybe next time it's the i'm waiting i'm gonna wait until i really feel like it to do it or, that is procrastination i'm gonna wait until i really feel like it or until you really have to till you have to um address it that's um, that's where I am coming from in the example that I want to talk about eventually, but. So it's the, well, when I get to the restaurant and they tell me they're out of burgers. <laughs> right. <laughs> or it's the. You don't ever pick up and say, let's go somewhere else. You would just act like it was completely fine and proceed. <laughs> right. Or it's the lingering in bed and then realizing you have to be at work in three minutes. Yeah. Right. You so have to get up. Yeah. Do you, you have something to say? An example mm-hmm. of procrastination? Yeah. Please. Yeah. So, um, I have worked for my employer. Let me say it that way for almost 13 years a couple months shy of 13 years. Okay. I've been in the same position for 11 of those. Um, and I thought several times throughout the years, I'm like, is this all I'm going to do? Well, 
I mean, I'm, I'm good at it and I'm comfortable and, you know, I like this and that and it's fine. So, I mean, I guess that was a regular thought that I had for like years five through 11. And then all of a sudden I came to a situation where I couldn't afford my position anymore. I couldn't, I needed more money needed. I was not able to make ends meet due to life changes with the current salary I had. So what I did was take, um, what is it? What's the word? This is great pot. Oh my gosh. The word where you move up Promotion? Yes. <laughs> so I took promotional opportunities more serious. Honestly, before somebody told me about a position open, I would just click on the job openings email and delete it. I would not even look at it. Um, but then I started realizing, like, I've got to do something about this. I had to because I saw over several months, nothing was changing. So I applied and I promoted. Um, and then I realized I was like, Oh, but that wasn't as hard as I was telling myself it was. And I am happier in the position that I'm at. Why did I take so long to do that? You know? So, and people think that all the time they make decisions and they reflect and they think, they think that wasn't that hard. I should just. Why the hell didn't I do that sooner? Why didn't right? I do that yeah. sooner? Yeah. Yeah. You know, people think that about relationships and jobs and moves and, you know, whatever it is. But so that was interesting. And then I found myself again at that position where. This time it was more my own fault because I was just not being responsible with my money. But I had found myself in a situation where I had an amount of debt that I was not able to easily pay off. And I had expenses that I needed to um, to pay every month and it wasn't working. So I got another job. Applying for that second job was... 20 times easier than applying for that one little promotion. Um, and it's been, it's been very beneficial and I'm very happy with that decision. I don't quite get to the point of, I wish I would have done that sooner because I feel like I, I reached the hump and I jumped it as far as it being really hard. And now I know it's not, so it's not so scary, but yeah. I think, I think a lot of people are like that with jobs that they've been at for years and years and years. They're comfortable and they're. It's really easy to get comfortable with doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. After you've been somewhere 10 years, I think. Well, it's super scary to, there's that, you know, you, you tell yourself all these stories of. I, I'm not going to know anybody. I'm, I'm going to be the brand new person again. And 
going to be hard, you know. I know my, and I'm not going to say who my employer is, but my very first day at my employer in training, a guy, one of our trainers said, if you're here five years, you're a lifer. And I think it's really true because my employer does a good job of making it comfortable as far as benefits go so that so that people stay. Is there a lot of turnaround? People stay. Um, in the first five years, there sure is. But after that, no, there's not. Yeah. So I became a lifer and... That's what happens. But that being said, of course, I, I look for promotions at my job and I think people should do that. I think don't settle for where you are. Try to do more. You're a big inspiration as far as that goes, because you're not afraid to try new things. You're not afraid to do more. You're not afraid to take, you know, to take that step in applying for a job. And really you were the one who inspired me to do that myself, but you're really putting yourself out there. And a lot of people would see that as too vulnerable of a position, but I think you've got that part pretty well under wraps. What? That's very nice. I think, um, um, Don't mistake that for ease because it was not easy for me to, it has not been easy for me to apply for promotions and take promotions and move to other positions. I just have determination. I just have determination. So I, yes, I did. I decided like, this is really hard. It's really hard to take a temporary promotion where I'm going to be on the phone all day, but you know what? I'm going to do it because I should do it for my career. And it was very hard for me to leave a very comfortable job that I did. I was in the same position for nine years and I applied for a promotion and I got it and I took it and I was happy to take it because I needed it and I could make excuses not to do it. But I think that to go back to meditation practice, I think that when you meditate for a while and when you really learn how to be fully present and try to learn how to see through your kind of some of the nonsense you're carrying, it becomes harder to deceive yourself. It becomes harder to make excuses. You can't lie to yourself like you did before. So I came to a point where my excuses of this is enough or I don't know if I'd be good at that or that is scary. Like I had to get through that. I had to put that down because I needed to empower myself and also it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. I can't move forward is a lie we tell ourselves. Isn't that the laziness that you were talking about? Not worthy? I guess so. That's... That is the laziness and not worthy. It is. It is. I can't move forward. It is. And these. I guess they kind of blend, right? So if you're really happy in the situation you're in, you tell yourself you're happy and actually secretly you're not. 
but you tell yourself you're happy in the situation you're in, then you tell yourself you don't need to better that situation. So that is the first two kinds of laziness together, right? That is, I'm lying to myself, lying to myself to tell myself I'm comfortable and happy here. And I'm telling myself that I'm not ready to do something else. That's really insightful, Alicia. That's true. Good. Great. <laughs> so unworthiness, um, the second kind of laziness is the one I really wrestle with to talk about just because in meditation practice, I don't struggle with that one that much. But I did struggle with it a lot in my career path, just in deciding to take promotions. I did struggle with that, but I got through it, right? But I did struggle with that. I did think to myself, I can't do more than this. I can never do more than this. And so in that sense, I did struggle with it. But in meditation practice, like I said, I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, I wish I could meditate. My mind is a crazy person. I can't settle it, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's wrong thinking as far as it goes to meditation practice, because meditation practice, I like to say, is like working out. So... You don't go to the gym and expect to lift 200 pounds right away. You shouldn't go to the meditation cushion and expect to just have a calm and serene mind right away, right? That's that's an idea people have, and I don't know why they have it, but they do. And it, I feel like it stops a lot of people. It really does. I hear that a lot. I like to use the phrase meditation training because that's what it is. We're training and I, a lot of people don't say training, and I think they should think about that. People say meditation practice, and that sort of has the same connotations too. But I say training because that's the whole point is we're starting from a place where our, your mind is a crazy person. We call it monkey mind. It's a crazy person that just goes wherever it wants all the time, and we can't focus on what we want to, and we can't be aware of the world around us, and we got we have to train it to settle so that when we're in a situation where we really want to be calm, we can. So, but unworthiness is just thinking other people can do this and I can't. Other people can do this and I can't. And that's really toxic. It's really toxic to think that way. It really stops you from living your best life. So that's what unworthiness is. And um, that's what I have to say about that. Do you have anything else to say about unworthiness? I think that that stood in the way of me not applying for other jobs and positions as well. And I think that's really common. Um, it's just another excuse to put on yourself for why you can't and shouldn't do certain things. It makes you vulnerable, right? So mm -hmm. if you're rejected, that, that takes um, sort of, you know, a varying level of blows depending on who you are. Yeah, I can tell you, well, Alicia knows this, that I thought about, doing a weekly meditation group for a very long time before I did it because I had that unworthiness. I had that, well, but what if nobody comes, right? 
so I had that thinking and I had to tell myself, well, I don't, I don't care if nobody comes, like hopefully people come, but if they don't, well, I want to do this. So I should do it anyway and see what happens. And of course I had to find a space that I could afford if nobody comes. And I did find that heart of the dove, Kansas city, Monday nights at 7 PM. But I had to get, just get myself to a point where I did not worry too much if nobody comes, because that was my worry that I carried. What if nobody comes? What if nobody cares what I have to say? And that's unworthiness. And it's nonsense. And we're all carrying around that, that kind of shit. We think I'm not good enough for this. And I can't live my best life. I can't seize my power. I can't do what I need to do because I'm not good enough. And we need to challenge that. We need to tell that voice to shut up because you can do it. Whatever the thing is, you can do it. How did you let those voices go? I had to reflect and I had to really ask myself, how important is this to me? How important is this to me? And I had to ask myself, do I give this voice, this power to the stories I'm telling? Or should I give this power to myself and what I want to do? And it was a little bit of a struggle. I had to really encourage myself because I wanted to give my power to the stories I was telling, which is nobody's going to come. They're all going to laugh at you. And I had to take that power and say, no, I want to do this. This is, I can encourage other people. I can encourage myself. This is a very good thing for me to do. And I had to just take that power and direct it toward what I wanted to do, toward my goals. And it was not easy, and I don't want anyone to think it was easy, because it was not. It was very hard for me, but I figured out how to do it, and I did it. And um, we've been talking a long time, and I want to, I, do you have any final things to say about laziness, Alicia? Okay, what are the three kinds again? We just yep the three kinds of laziness. There are different names for these, and I I sort of searched and found the the uh, easiest to grasp names I could because there are some that are very weird. But the names are procrastination, feeling unworthy, and busyness. Okay, I feel like we talked about all of them. I feel like we did too. Yeah, in a roundabout way. I don't have any additional comments. Okay, thank you for doing this with me. You're welcome. Okay. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.